Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Now, before we start, just a reminder that our book club is getting together soon to talk about Motherwell, A Girlhood by Deborah Orr. It's a memoir written by the late journalist and it follows her life growing up in Scotland, her turbulent mother-daughter relationship and her varied media career. So grab a copy and we'd love for you to read it along with us. I'd also like to mention um, very sad news of Caroline Flack, the Love Island presenter dying. Um, There's been a lot of talk about it on social media and I think for me the most, um, I suppose the piece that I thought was the most heartrending and useful in what is a very difficult uh, circumstances for her friends and family was uh, a piece that Laura Whitmore read out on radio. So it's worth a Google and a search to find out what Laura said, who was a friend of Caroline's um, and also just to cut through a lot of the really awful stuff that's being talked about on social media. Anyway, RIP Caroline Flack. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Siobhan McSweeney, a.k.a. Sister Michael from Derry Girls, Eye Roller Supremo. Siobhan lives in London, but was back in Dublin for a short time before heading down to Kerry for a week-long writer's retreat. And I'm mentioning the retreat because um, she needs a bit of uh, encouragement to keep the writing going. She's in early stages of her writing career and she needs all the help she can get. Uh, Thankfully, in between all that, she took the time to speak to me on the podcast. Uh, We had a great conversation about what it's like working on Derry Girls, about getting the courage to pursue acting despite what others uh, thought about it and also about the really important activism work that she's involved in too. I know you're going to enjoy this. Siobhan McSweeney, we are so happy to have you in the Women's Podcast Studio. I'm delighted to be here, finally. Yay! Yay. Um, Now, we're big fans of Derry Girls, so can we start with that? Can we start with Sister Michael? And just, (laughs) I would love to know when you first got the script or when you first, it was the beginnings of it. Did you have an inkling that this was going to be what it became? Um, No. No, I I, I didn't. I'd previously worked with uh, Lisa and uh, Liz on her previous sitcom, London Irish. And when I read those scripts, I still maintain they're some of the best scripts I've ever read. Um, And I got fierce excited. I I had a small part in that, a guest role in one of the episodes. Um, And I was so, so excited when that was being filmed and when I knew it was going to be broadcast because I knew that this was not only for my own career, not in that sort of mercenary sort of way, but I was so excited that this voice was finally finally going to be out there and people I understood and it was about being an absolute loser in London. Um, Which a lot of us have been. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and a proper... I liked it, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I really love it too and it's very, very special to us all, I think. But um, 
But to see that the reaction, that it didn't quite land, even though everything I thought was perfect. And that was a real eye opener to me where you sort of go, all right. Do you know that moment in life when you realise sometimes love isn't enough? It was one of those moments where you go, actually, even if you have all the right ingredients, um, you need that extra something and it's as elusive as anything. And, you know, sometimes it's timing. In a way, yeah. when you look back at London Irish, there's a sense for me that it was a little bit ahead of its time. I, I think you're really right in that because I think one of the main successes in Dairy Girls is the fact that we had an audience primed, ready and, and willing, waiting for that show um, because we had all the other ingredients. But this time we had an audience for it. Yeah. And um, and it's just blown up. But so by the time I, we got around to doing uh, the first season and, and like auditioning for, for Sister Michael and everything, I was just, I, I was excited. But the same way I'm always excited when you get to do a part that you know you can do. <laughs> and also such a brilliant part. Oh. I mean, what a, what a character. Like you can't imagine Derry Girls. I suppose you can't imagine it without any of them, but you really can't imagine it without Sister Michael. It's it's one of those gifts of a role, but not only to play, but also structurally as a narrative. I mean, it's quite unfair, really, because she does get all the best lines. She comes in, she has a whopper of a line, all the action happens and she comes in at the end and she recaps with a whopper of a line and she has she has all the nice moments. Essentially, she gets to have the really fancy starter and the icing on the cake. She doesn't have to do the boring uh, meat and spuds in the middle. <laughs> and you've quite a comfy costume. <laughs> really is. They'd prefer if I wore a bit more of it. I'm like, oh, no, it's grand. She doesn't need socks. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, cardigan. No, I think more elastic, actually, lads. We need more <laughs> exactly. elastic. Oh, that's a bit tight. Let's make it looser. Yeah. Very, um, very... Com- but actually talking a costume, um, I was talking to somebody and they made sort of a quip about, well, it isn't as if you'll need a lot of costume design or whatever. And I sort of had to put them straight because our costume designer, Kathy Pryor, has put so much thought and we have had a complete mind meld when it comes to... Uh, Sister Michael's costume which is so detailed incredibly detailed the first conversation I had with Cathy and you have to approach these things sort of delicately and she, you know we're sort of sniffing around each other politely not knowing where where she ends and I begin you know finding out where our boundaries are because costume is so emotive I mean we were talking about clothes earlier costume is so emotional um, and has, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a cliche, but you can get all the clues for character there and everything. But we, I'd been thinking about and thinking about, and she obviously had was sort of going, what she what Siobhan going to be like? And we finally came. Um, I sort of tentatively said, um, I really just sort of think she'd wear like little boots. I don't know, was that a wild idea? Thinking that they'll of course want to put me in you know, sensible shoes, you know, I, I don't know what they're called. You know the kind yeah, of, I the do. sensible yeah. shoes. Nun's shoes. Yeah. yeah. And next thing you know, she leant down and she'd brought about 15 suitcases. You think I'm bad with all my suitcases <laughs> now? 15 suitcases into the apartment and just lifted up. And she said, these are the ones. And they were the exact ones in my imagination. Wow. Those pixie boots, you yes. know the ones? And I went, there they go. There yeah. she is. It's slightly dated. I love that. Yeah. It's like the ones she would have maybe worn. That's you know? right. That's <laughs> right. And she, and the thing about her, she knows she looks fabulous in them. Oh, I love playing that. I love playing a woman who knows she looks great. Like, who's a bit, who's a bit tormented because she knows she looks so good. 
Wouldn't it be great to be like that? Oh, it would, it would. But who did you draw on? I mean, we've all had experience of various nuns in our lives growing up in Ireland. So. Apparently, I'm the only one who managed to escape. Yeah, no, I've really? no experience of nuns. Oh, that's no, not. No, no um, I don't know who I drew. I, I never consciously draw on, on, on people. Um, no, I, I don't find it... Uh, that that doesn't work for me. I just know her. <laughs> I know, From I know. reading the script. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose I know where the... Like the shoes, if you know where the rhythm of the gag is, you get into her psychology. Um, does that make sense? It's yeah. A, like, it's sort of like a piece of music. Well, I suppose it's rhythm, isn't it? But by the piece of... By the rhythm, you know where what she's focusing on in a, in, in a sentence which means what she's thinking about which means what she thinks about in general mm. um, but her pauses are really important and I, yeah I just I know what that is Do you have a favourite line or a favourite bit in the series? Um, you know you talked about her whopper lines and she really does yeah, she I mean does. I, I have two children now who are uh, I'm letting them watch it and it's so inappropriate like the swearing I've had to I've actually written about it for next week a column that I have um about how I've had to actually bring down the sex education book a bit quicker than I was liking yeah, because yeah. of the episode with the with the Chernobyl kids coming mm-hmm. over and Michelle talking about virginity and, yeah. and all that. Oh, Gonna sorry. So I've had to explain that. How is that going? It's all go- it's all going fine. It's actually probably good because I was holding off on doing it because <laughs> I wasn't really looking forward to it. But no. Dairy Girls has been my way into a lot of things, and I've just decided with the swearing that they're very aware that this is not stuff to be going outside and talking to their teachers about, but that there's comedy in swearing. Yeah, and that's what we've decided. So yeah, we're having a lot of laughs. And again, like um, with if if they think of language just being. Yeah, it's just another sound. It's another. It's another uh, note in in the music. You know, it's particularly Michelle though. Just there. Oh, just I know. Hilarious. But you know, I don't want to break the news to you, but your your girls have a Michelle in their life. <laughs> they do. They do. She's probably just on really good behaviour when she comes to yours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. Well, anyway, going back to your one of your whopper lines or favourite bits. Uh, is there some scene that you? Because um, I'm basically looking for a bit of Sister Michael. Um, oh, a bit of, oh, yeah. right, okay. Oh, yeah. Give us a bit. Well, it's, 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 it's uh, f- funny because I can never remember the exact line and Lisa would say, well, you never could remember <laughs> the exact line, could you? Um, <laughs> um, I know, apparently perfection can be improved upon, Lisa. Uh, I'm joking. Um, oh, God, she's going to kill me. Uh, the one um, in the first season, the, 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 the line that we filmed for the talent show that I had so much fun doing that because I really felt I got something more than just a grumpy person uh, I, um, uh, what, what is it oh my god where, where are your daughters yeah I know they probably know exactly yeah they it's, have them all it's by the, heart. Um, every year I stand backstage and I listen to the songs and it always makes me Think about how brilliant the original recording artists were. Something like that. Ah. Something like that. Oh, God. And it's, no. it, she's figuring it out, like yeah, I was there, as she's yeah. thinking, where she can't, it's like, it's like Satra, it's like no exit, isn't it? She's just like, I can't believe I've ended up here. <laughs> what went wrong? I came here for the free accommodation and some chips, and now I'm, 
And the idea of this woman in her hell, it really tickles me. And when I, I don't get lost, thankfully, with this character, but I know that that's always going to be a guiding a guiding uh, beacon, like sort of a little touchstone I can come back to. Yeah. Another bit that I'm, if, if, if we're anyway interested. Oh, very interested. When, when she meets uh, the, the, the marvellous Quiva uh, when she was um, the, the Protestant school teacher. Oh, yes. And she I love that. I love the combination oh, of those two together. Fantastic. It's just, it's perfect. And you know that they're friends. Oh, of course they are. And they're the same. They're, they're the, the same. same. They're delight. And it's only when the... <laughs> stupid priest comes that they're forced to separate so they're sulking over that you know but like like lovely that's other friendships that we haven't seen other female friendships that we haven't seen you know of women in authority and actually their their combined disdain for their charges is it's lovely isn't it but when she introduces herself as Michael Sister Michael pleasure I know it has a <laughs> pleasure to meet you I know it's it's that confidence again because she's like it of, is. What's your woman's name in Gavin and Stacey? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's a bit of that Nessa. Nessa. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, Nessa is a fantastic creation, isn't she? Unbelievable. I was rewatching it because they, they were showing it again there, and she just—I mean, well, my it's God. funny. The thing that my daughters now are watching at the same time is. Gavin and Stacey from the beginning which is also highly inappropriate so I'm bad parent alert but, but good <laughs> for their com- comedy development because they are very funny and they're they getting are funnier funny. But, but they're getting funnier by the minute watching these things because I love that they get good comedy you know that's the real source of pride if nothing else yeah. they can they know good comedy you know it's and great. I, I don't think it is like I, I when I was small you know at Christmas we'd watch carry on movies you know and re-watching them now I'm like oh gosh but I would find them hilarious <laughs> Absolutely, that was hilarious. more the slapstick type of stuff. But this is more sophisticated. It's so this sophisticated. is about how people relate to yeah. each other and the funny things we all do and say. Yeah, that you know, oh, and just and, and really, what, uh, what like comedy is actually just humanity, really, isn't it? Like and just recognizing each other, seeing re- each other, and accepting completely, accepting even the fights are accepting <laughs> that they're accept they're accepting the other person, aren't they? It's yeah. a very uh, that's what, um, I mean. I I could you know, go on and on about comedy over over the sort of serious <laughs> straight list tragedy and um <laughs> and how that's wrong. So why do you think I mean I know you said there's a ready made audience there and all of that and we talked about timing and everything. But it has just all the ingredients to capture so many people. People who never really thought they were interested in the North People who don't have any experience of dairy or any of that seem to somehow just take it to their hearts and absolutely really love it from the beginning. Like almost from the first episode, it was just this, ah, you yeah. know. Yeah, this, this, this swell. Yeah, you say people, I say women. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a few guys who really Yeah, yeah, oh it. yeah, totally. Yeah. But the only people who've ever ran across the room okay. to uh, <laughs> insist at me that they hadn't seen it but they heard it was good. Oh, no. Because they needed to tell me that they haven't seen Dairy Girls um, were men. So when I talk about that ready-made audience, I'm talking about an audience that has been neglected. I'm talking about also a geography that has been neglected with its setting in Derry um, and the north of Ireland and that time. Um, Any gaps, any vacuums, you have people wanting them to be filled and I think this show uh, fill, fills that for an awful lot of people who who haven't been seen, who haven't been noticed who haven't felt fully 3D 
I don't mean to. I mean, at the end of the day, it is just a comedy, but I think we have a, a very narrow idea of what a comedy is, really. Um, the idea of being, I don't know, can I say this? I'll re-say it if I can't. Like, um, Lisa calls it, um, calls us a gang, of, the girls a gang of dicks. The idea that uh, girls could be Egypts, they could be the fools, they also could be the heroines. Uh, they weren't props, they weren't accessories. But people really, really identify with the show. Um, and that's why when it gets a little bit mad, I can disassociate from it because I'm like, it doesn't really belong to me anymore. Like, it has nothing to do with me. In fact, it's it's quite an interesting thing when something that you've partly created, but as a whole has been handed over to a people and they own it now. I feel like Hugh Lane. I mean, yeah, you think of that huge mural, which I haven't seen in real life, which I'm dying to get up to Derry to see. It's extraordinary. It is. Yeah. And I just love it's that. missing a nun, but whatever, yeah. Well, that is. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I was glad I, um, when they heard, when I heard about it first, I was a bit like, oh, no, I hope I'm not. Oh, I'm not, thank God. Yeah, I, I, I thought it would be a bit much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, what I love as well is all these people in America, these celebrities who are like, and I, I watch you guys on Twitter and all the people tweeting and I'm going, oh my God, look who's into it now. Yeah. Tell us some of your um, encounters in that way. Oh, we have um, uh, Bob's Burgers. We have, oh, so, so many writers in America, so many journalists in America, like these these writers who are doing really amazing things in terms of journalism. I'm <laughs> looking at one right now. Uh, well. <laughs> but but in the States as well, you know, yeah. like there's a real, um, again, that identification. I personally get uh, messages from uh, Brazil, from Canada. I've, I'm, I think, I don't know if they were still there, but certainly from Iran. Um, yeah, and... Uh, and none of them talk about having to use subtitles, which they blatantly have to. Um, it's only the hilarious uh, <laughs> British who think that they need to put subtitles on. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 universal, yeah. which is a great lesson to us all and a great lesson to television execs. And it's, I suppose the big universality is two things. is the teenagery thing. It's been mm. in school and just the stuff we all have to deal with, whether you're in Iran or you know, yeah. America. And then it's the family life, I think, is the other is yeah. the other really big dynamic yeah. that people can recognise. Yeah, the, the wholeness of the family life. the Because they are sort of tropes in a way, but we're done, done in quite a specific... Like it is in its own very way an incredibly traditional sitcom, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's just a lot funnier than a lot of sitcoms. It's just better are. written. Well... <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. you know, and I have very high standards. I, I don't like a lot of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when something comes along that's so sharp and every line and it just gets you and gets you and gets you, it's just... I remember saying to Lisa, you know, you don't, you know, you can do with less gags. Like, I mean, say, like, put out a few more episodes and do less <laughs> gags. She was just looking at me horrified. I'm like, think about it. Just think about it. <laughs> We could do less. Like if you cut 10% off, I'm basically the person who'd be diluting your vodka, you know, like <laughs> if I was running a bar. Uh, I'm glad she obviously didn't listen to you. But you have to, the thing is, is that you, then you still catch up with jokes over and over. Like, oh, I didn't get that bit. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, and I that's know. why. It's watchable multiple times, which I have done very And isn't much. that interesting in this day and yeah. age? Because... Isn't that really writing for what today's audience is, which is somebody who will sit down with streaming services and re-watch something? 
and 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 do it again and do it again and do it again. It's sort of uh, again harking back to maybe like the old VHS where you'd put yeah. on, um, you know, we'd a copy of Mary Poppins and we'd watch that over. Like that's just a hug, really, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. So now series three, mm-hmm. what's going on? Don't where know. are we? No, Do, uh, it, we're filming later on in the year. Um, dates are being finalised. Uh, habits are being sown as we speak. Um, I, 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 I'm not being coy. I don't know much more than that. Do you think that would be the last? Because I suppose there's a thing of age, isn't there? Like of people being in school and yeah. how long can you keep that going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think so. I think. I mean, I've said I we. I, you know, I don't talk about this with, with with Lisa or whatever, but I personally see it as a as a three series thing. Um, you know, after after the Clintons, ceasefire, Good Friday, them finish school. It's a beautiful little triptych, isn't it? It's a, it's a gorgeous little thing. That said, if we go on and on and on, I will be very happy. Yes. Well, my bank manager will be anyway. I mean, that's the other thing. We're talking about the laughs, but I mean, the scene at the, I think it's at the end of season one. I'm not very good on the series. With the, with the bombing? Yeah, and mm. the Dolores Arun yeah. singing and yeah. the bombing happening and them all up doing their step aerobics on yeah. the, she's my deck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> oh, no. I have, well, I have a Northern you Protestant do, yes. at home, you see. And that's the other thing I have to tell you from, I'm sure you've had this, but for, for my uh, boy, my partner, you know, growing up in the North as a Protestant, him watching you know, the Dairy Girls family going uh, across the border to get away from the mar- orange marshes yeah. that he would have been very much part of and yeah. seeing the crack as well as the yeah. kind of, you know, in not being totally animus, just accepting this is what happens in our town. Totally. We don't, we just want, want to get away from it. But, yeah. oh, he he found it really interesting that's to watch Dairy to Girls. Hear. Yeah. Did he enjoy it? He really enjoyed it. Did because he I think it humanised it. That's the thing, yeah. Oh, he felt like... Um, like they were, because they were getting on with their lives as well yeah. as all this crap stuff happening. That's um, it. There was crack exactly. happening as yeah. well. And I think that's what, I think that's the gift, I think, for people particularly who grew up in Northern Ireland of Dairy Girls that other people might not get. But it doesn't matter that they don't get it. But I think... It's, it's, it's sort of like <clears throat> when people think about Northern Ireland, they think that either it was uh, bulletproof vests and uh, us and them and walls and guns or nothing really happened. <laughs> and the truth is far more complex and it is it, both of those things were happening for each one of those those um, guns and, and, and checkpoints you did have a sister Michael heading over to meet her friend in the Protestant school and having a cup of tea mm. do you know I, you know that they had yeah, cups of, of tea course. and have the chats yeah um, so that's 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 great that he enjoys it but also I think that sort of goes back to the ready-made audience that you have in Northern Ireland which is yeah utterly neglected but it's also that bit where, say, Aunt Sarah is talking yeah. about the bridge yeah, being blown right. up, and she, how is she going to get yeah. a tan? Yeah, yeah. and, and oh. it's just. But that's it. Just ordinary life going on, and the chips. The chips does me every time. How many? I think we need more chips yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's and that's something that again go, went on throughout the whole. Oh, completely. And it's also the working class thing is big. You know, yeah. it's. It's seeing those kind of fam, that kind of family, um, and and the acceptance that being working class, not them, not you know, staring out the window and being grey and malnourished, <laughs> exactly, and not wanting anything no. else. They're not in need, except the trust fund. They want to go to Paris. They did, <laughs> yeah. Except, but sure, who who got to go to Paris? Like no one got to go to Paris. Why's up? Jenny Joyce. Jenny probably. Joyce got to go to Paris, but like she was the only one in the school. Um, like there's sort of you know this uh, very liberal idea that in, in a class system everybody wants to be middle class, mm. 
Yeah. That actually to help um, that economic theories have to to uh, help the poor, uh, yeah. flat capped, uh, cheeky, chappy working class person into into and drag them up to mm. happiness, which is this mediocre middle classness. Like it shows it shows working class life and, and specifically Northern Irish working class life, which is very different to British working class and very different to Irish mm. working class life. Yeah. Specifically, Northern Irish working class life, and they are content out. Like the whole thing. That's why, as a Cork woman, I think that's why I get dairy so much. Sure, they thought they they think they're class, like they think they're brilliant. Like so, when when um, you know the the, the Russian the the um, Chernobyl yeah. uh, comes over. Um, oh yeah, yeah, but like. But sure, why wouldn't she want to come? I know. It's brilliant. We've walls, like <laughs> I know, but she's looking down. On yeah, and th- sh- like it's not. It, it's <clears throat> totally how, uh, and you know, it's totally how Cork people feel as well. You know, the Tommy yeah. Tiernan sketch: if Corkman, <laughs> yeah. first man on the moon. The Irish Times Women's Podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. Let's go back to Cork, actually, and yep. your childhood. So you grew up there. Whereabouts? Um, in the People's Republic place, and all In that. the People's Republic. Oh yeah, I'm loud back in. Uh, in a <laughs> place called Arhla, which is halfway between Cork and McCroom. And uh, yeah, uh, sort of a, it's now sort of a commuter village, if that makes sense. But growing up, it was quite a very, very small, very small um, rural community. Okay. And went to secondary school in Cork City. And then I went to UCC. What did um, you study? <laughs> Biological and chemical sciences, naturellement. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, study is very strong <laughs> word for what I did there. Um, I, yeah, I was in the wrong course for a very long time. Yeah, I, it's that whole thing of just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Mm. It turned out I, I couldn't even do it either. You know, apparently... Apparently, you do need to turn up to labs. You can sort of go, yeah, I think the answer's around five. Um, the first time I used my lab coat, genuinely, was in the Drama Society's production of De Physica. And I remember taking the cellophane off the lab coat, putting it on and shoving a jumper up it so I'd, I would have a hunchback and going, and sort of pausing for a second going, I'm sure I should be using this for something else. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> dun, 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 and off I went. So um, is that where you discovered your passion for acting, or had you always been a bit of a dramatic? I was child? always a show off. Yeah, uh, always a little weird show off. And I was sent to elocution classes when I was very young. Um, and there, I like to stand up and declaim a poem. I mean, for God's sake, is there anything better? Like, um, and I, I got really into it, and I went to speech and drama. Then after that. Then I got into youth theatre. So it was very much my parents sort of, my mum delighted because it meant that I could speak proper, but being very wary of it because I seemed to be enjoying it far too much um, (laughs) and it would lead to nothing. And they were right. (laughs) Um, But once I got my schoolwork done and once I kept up my grades, I think there was a begrudging, well, she can't exactly do sports. Let's give her this. Um, (laughs) So did you have an idea that you'd like to be an actor? I wished upon every really? star. I, and I'm not just saying that. Like I was every, the first star, you know, Starlight, Star, every, it was my, it was my, <laughs> like, 
It was wow. such a wish. It was such a, a secret I had. And I like and this is I really don't mean it to be derogatory towards the LGBTQ plus community, but for me it felt like a coming out. Um I I, I, I really do not mean disrespect, but I did break my family's heart and it was very hard for them to understand and I did let them down and they were very hurt and confused. They wanted you to be a scientist? They wanted me to be a professional person with my mother especially wanted me to be an independent person um, with a career and to 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 be useful um, and the idea of poncing about in funny costumes you know, they were. There was a bit of like, can't you do that in your spare time? You know, there's no money in that. There's no security in that. And I, I'm, I'm not a parent, but I imagine you understand. You're nodding. You understand that completely. Mm. You want that for your children. So I never blamed them, but you can imagine how heartbroken they were. Mm. And my mother got ill when I graduated, so she never saw any of this. And one of the last things she said to me. She was sitting up in bed reading the Cork Examiner and Ken Loach was, um, there was an article about Ken Loach uh, casting for the wind that shakes the, the, the barley. And uh, she read that and I saw her reading it and I was like, I wonder if she'll sort of go, maybe you could get a part in that. And she sort of read it. She took a deep breath and the, 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 the paper came down and she glared at me and she said, would you not do the H-dip even? <laughs> okay. And that was shortly before she died? Yeah. And then dad, when dad passed away, it was during the filming of series two. And one of the last conversations we had before, you know, there was no more conversation uh, was when are you going back up to Belfast? (laughs) I don't know whether he wanted me to leave or what, but like he it was sort of a a wonderful way of going. um, This is your job. Right, so that must be something uh, special for you. Yeah, that he'd kind of accepted once he's once they he couldn't believe that somebody would get paid for it, like, and he certainly couldn't believe that I'd get paid for it. So the fact that I I had it as a job, he was like, "Well, you better not lose it." Like I remember getting my first uh, job at the National Theatre, and they're very long runs, mm. and actually that's the best and worst thing about them. In fact, for me, it's the worst thing about them because I get very impatient and long runs it, it doesn't suit me and that's what I love about my job is the variety mm. but all he kept thinking was wouldn't it be great if you could get another one of those and I'm like but it's not a question of getting another one of those it's a question of doing what's right but that's all a luxury I had it's, it's such privilege I had like did, did your dad like Dairy Girls? Oh um, no but he he <laughs> He, he, what, what did he say when the, he saw the first episode and he said, um, I said, what did you think? He said, oh, it's a load of rubbish. And I went, oh, and he said, but I understand why other people like it. And I, you know, I mean, I was funnier than him, so I had a better sense of comedy. So he, he was wrong. Like. <laughs> uh that must have been difficult as a young woman, um, knowing so clearly, having wished upon every star and this was what I want and not to have the backing. Yeah, it was, it was hard, actually. It, it was hard. I mean, I, I don't want the violins or anything, but... We could get some. Yeah, yeah, we could. I don't want the <laughs> okay, violins, but them. the cello would be nice. And, and the saxophone, yeah. <laughs> Come on in, guys. 
Your time is now. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to go around with your own theme tune? I think that's what, what earphones are. I'm always wandering around with my own theme tune. Um, We're not bringing the violins or even no, a piccolo, anything. Even the, the piccolo. Bring in the small piccolo. Um, it, it, it was hard, but it's more that a... F- you feel odd, like you feel, you feel, and I was odd, I think. You know, the older you get, the more you look back and you go, oh God, you were a bit odd, weren't you? Wasn't the whole world being odd? <laughs> Chances are it was you and the rest of the world was fine. Um, yeah, it, um, I feel, I feel, um, I cleared out the house after dad died and I found all the dreadful, disgusting, awful, never to be spoken about, angsty poetry. And a lot, a theme that came up over and over again, a theme, as if it was that well written, but it was like of the idea of waiting, of waiting, of waiting to be allowed, of waiting to be allowed. And again, that's still the best and worst thing about the career. Mm. Specifically acting. You can't do it alone in a room because that is masturbation. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that when you're, you said that uh, it was your dad died during Dairy yeah. Girls, so mm. they were very supportive because of, was oh it was gosh. it was it a shock? It wasn't expected, well, or had he been sick? He he had been sick, but um, we um, we didn't. I don't think we understood how sick he was. He had been diagnosed with cancer the year before, and he had gone through chemo. And the chemo had ended and I think also this was, I mean, this was sort of more about dad, but it was never, I don't think he was keeping something from us. I don't think he understood either um, how sick he was or maybe he wasn't that sick. All we know is that after chemo ended, we had about three or four months and then he just over the course of a week, I went to America to visit friends and I came back. And he went from, you know, making scrambled eggs in the morning to, I think it was less than nine days later, I was carrying him, literally carrying him down the corridor while he was yelling in pain. And and we got him into uh, Marymount Hospice in Cork, which is, <laughs> do you know, if there is a heaven, it's in Marymount, I tell you. Um, and... He stayed there for two days under a month and he passed away then. So it was all, we we just spent a lot of it looking at each other in confusion and horror and in between travelling up to Belfast and putting on a habit. So it was a very strange, strange time. But I feel immensely grateful to both dad and Terry girls it sounds like you have such a family thing going with them yes. and they came into that they supportive did. role for you they completely did and they they did there's still things I won't I, I don't know what they've done um, we're a very close cast and crew um, and they are even if we weren't it's it's a very decent crowd um and the company did everything i mean i think primarily 
because I don't drive and getting from Belfast to Cork is a nightmare. It's just a nightmare. Um, people's schedules are a nightmare. Trying to figure out how well somebody is like to leave each time. Um, yeah, they 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 let one of the first phone calls I made after Dad died, if not the first, was to um, the production company, and I said, okay, it was. A, maybe I waited till the next morning because he died at around ten, half ten in the evening. I said, okay, he's dead, so I can come up two days from now. And they said, wise up. And I said, no, I want to come up. They said, we've given you a week off. We, we, and I said, but you didn't know. They said, we knew whenever it was going to happen, we'll give you a week, week off. There's only one thing that we cannot move, and it has to do with uh, the wee robot, the, um, the, the vodka disposal, <laughs> because you need a permit for that. Um, and they can't, they can't, everything else they said that we'll, we'll, we'll sort out. And, and it all worked out. And I actually even think, because I, I was lying to dad continuously for the last couple of weeks. I was saying, oh, the, oh sure. Uh, oh, they've cancelled this week's filming. And he was like, oh, that sounds right. Oh, isn't it lucky? I said, oh, it's very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've no, no filming this. They'll still pay, they'll still pay me. Yeah. They'll still pay me. And they've cancelled it. Yeah, the weather's awful up. And, oh, sure, it's probably bad. All right, yeah. Belfast can be very cold. It can, it can, yeah. Um, I'm making it out to be a little bit less formal. But, like, th- that was that yeah. was the unspoken. We understood that, that, that that's what was going on. But, and yeah, and then I got back up to, to Belfast and, oh, God, everybody was so lovely. Everybody was so lovely. Um, I Like, they put us up in apartments there when you're filming a lot of the time and I had nothing in the apartment because I left so quickly um, I didn't even know if I'd heating on because I couldn't figure out the heating and I w- walked back into the flat and the girls had gotten me loads of things like mm-hmm. um, cards and filled the fridge and do you know they figured out the heating <laughs> or, or, or magically the heating came on cosy socks mm. mugs and that, uh, that was lovely. That was lovely. That was lovely. That's just, they're all little hugs, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're a great, great, great bunch. Great bunch. Like, the fact that the show is so popular <laughs> is incidental. <laughs> it's a great, great, um, great gig yeah. to be on. Well, well, we see you all um, in your various sort of outside of Dairy Girls. And I, what I strikes me in... I'd love to talk to you about this is kind of the activism side of Derry Girls because you know we've got the wee lesbian situation <laughs> so um, you know and, and everybody wearing the the, the rainbow yeah mm-hmm. t- in solidarity so there's a lot of political stuff not just the Northern mm-hmm. Ireland political stuff and then outside of that I mean you've been amazing about um, women's reproductive rights and all sorts of things and also Nicola has as well and and it's some, I know it's, it can be difficult for people who are actors and who are in that business to stand up and say what they believe in. And it can often, it can even, you know, make people not want to hire you necessarily. You can, you can ha- taking risks like that. Why have you guys been so open about those things that you're very passionate about? Um, I've always been political. Um, it's only now people are listening. That, that's that's as, as simple as I, I, I can say it. Um, I've always been doing 
things and shouting in rooms and it's sort of twofold. So first of all, that's that's it's sort of amplified now because there is a light on me, but also it's a way of dealing with the light. Uh, it's a way I can sort of morally justify the light because the longer you're in the biz, uh, the more you realise how random and silly and uh, manufactured, I suppose it is. So I don't, I, I am under no illusion that having a spotlight on me makes me a better or worse person. I have to find my own uh, integrity and identity outside of that light so that if the light goes, I'm not shook. I'm not in the dark. Um, but to to make that to make that focus on you a little bit more bearable and less cringy, frankly, is to go, well, I am shouting about something. Uh, I'll shout about that. But, you know, if, if you want me to talk, I'll talk about that. Um, I also think the world is um, in a dreadful way and I feel a great sense, as so many people do, of obligation. A great sense of obligation. Not in a superior way, but in a, I have been blessed, absolutely blessed with a fantastic education and a really, really obnoxious voice. So I don't see why I shouldn't use both. <laughs> I love that idea that um, sort of in this show busy, trivial in so many ways world that this is your way of justifying it and yeah. that you can say, OK, I did have that attention for whatever reason and I used that attention for good. Yeah. And so you can sit and look at yourself in the mirror yeah. and not just see yourself, even though you said you're a show off. Yeah. To not just be a show off. Yeah. Um, to yeah. have something to say and something that can help and to change things. Yeah. And I also think if I can use the dreaded word of like art and artist, like if you don't have something to say, um, th there's a l an awful lot of um, ideas of what actors are, of what actresses are, of what the business is. And in my experience, it's not true, actually. It's, um, it's, it's, it's sound people trying to do sound things. And if they're not sound, at least they're trying to do sound things. And if they're, you know, it, people are trying to do something. Um, it's very, very few people want just empty fame. I mean... You know, we all know where that story ends. And it's very lonely. I can't imagine being that lonely. But what about the risks? Because like I say, mm, yeah, some people are. don't want you to stick your head above the parapet. People mm. want you to just be the character or just be whatever character you're playing. Mm -hmm. So have you had any pushback? Because I know you guys get um, stuff on Twitter because I oh, see yeah. it, yeah. Um, as we all do when we mm -hmm. put our heads above the parapet. But uh, yeah. professionally, I suppose you're taking a bit of a risk. But you're obviously weighing it up and saying, I don't care. Yeah, professionally, you do take a risk. There's there's no doubt about that. But as I sort of thought about it, what would you be losing? Like, um, what I mean is, how do I, um, if I was to lose a job because of the political beliefs that I hold and shout about, then what would that job have been? What would it have done? Um, how do I, I'm very good at being poor. I've been poor for a long, long time. Um, uh, what, 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 why would I do the job? 
if it, if it wasn't. And also, I will dress up as a tomato and 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 sell whatever I need to do as well. But if I lose a job because then there's something behind that, uh, whether it's the production team, whether it's uh, the storyline itself, whether it's the director. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've made mistakes, absolutely. Um, and there's some work I wish I hadn't done. And there's there's other things that I could have gone. Maybe I was maybe I should have been a bit quieter about that. But, you know, what harm? Like you say, you're good at being poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope Dairy Girls means you're a bit less poor. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've nothing to complain about. I can I can assure you I'm very, very lucky. Uh, just tell me uh, some of the things, because I know, like I said, abortion is something, especially for Northern Ireland, mm. you were talking about a lot. And it's so great that we're nearing the end of the consultation mm-hmm. period and that hopefully mm-hmm. services will start to be rolled out. Yeah. And you were so vocal on that and repeal as well. Yeah. What are the other things that you're um, talking about? Well, I'm I'm really, interest, really interested. I have always been interested in... Um, there, it's interesting because there's a, a case on at the moment about coercive control. Um, oh, domestic violence is such a reductive term, yet an umbrella concept. Um, and it's something like I would even include the idea of, um, how do I put it, like um, emotional labour. That uh, I'm in my forties now, and I've uh, I just hear stories over and over and over and over and over again, and of uh, of couples, of heterosexual couples, where the emotional labour is always on the woman, even if they're the main breadwinner, even if they are are um, superficially the most alpha of the two. Uh, if they've all the, if they've bigger baubles, do you know what I mean? If they they, they are shinier in some sort of way, uh, the emotional labour is uh, nearly always done um, in these couples, and not just these couples, but um, by the by the woman. And that, for me, when I think of myself being in that situation and and experiencing it in various situations, that is a a form of oppression because it is still it's it's almost like gaslighting because you can't put your finger on it mm. I can't put my finger on it What's so that for me this great umbrella term anything that denies autonomy and that's, that's a lot isn't it yeah and it's a lot that affects women also men in some cases it does well. absolutely yeah not all men not all men not all men listen let's deal with half the population first then I'll deal with the outliers in the in, in the bloke side okay, okay sister yeah get in line got a lot to do <laughs> now you've been writing as well I, I beg to differ I have <laughs> not been writing you've been not writing I yeah, have okay, been sorry. not I've been very busy not <laughs> writing I'm exhausted from all the not writing I'm doing oh I am I get up in the morning and I don't write till the end of the day <laughs> you were published in winter papers that yeah. was your first published piece yeah and things have come from that and you're kind yeah. of you've been commissioned to do a sitcom well um I that you're not writing. That I'm. I'm not no, writing. No, they're listening. You are writing. Yeah, obviously. yeah. No, they. Oh, they know. They know full well. They shook their heads and went, "No." Um, I. I have uh, an idea. Basically, I have no problem jumping on the backs of other people's successes. Uh, I feel that that's what I've done all my life, uh, without Lisa McGee. 
I'd still be holding a spear, I'm sure, in the back of that play that you saw. Um, so Ashling B, Sharon, Horgan, Roisin, Connity, like everybody, like they're they're proper, they're real. And I'll be the little Tesco version behind them, sort of peddling my my uh, copy, my my copycat wares. I, however, do feel that there is a time, there is a fashion, and uh, I may not have been very good at my degree in science, but my mother did not rear her stupid child. And I have the confidence to contribute to the mediocrity out there. <laughs> You're picking yourself up there. <laughs> and it. tell me about this sitcom. Give us a little hint of what it might be about. Um, so... It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an Irish female comedy. <laughs> I can't wait till you write it. Until I, yeah, um, well, You're going off to an neither. artist's retreat, <laughs> an am, artist's yeah. retreat in Kerry mm-hmm. to sit down and... Not right, that's right. Yeah, turn your phone off. If yeah. I see you on Twitter, I'm going to be like... I know, yes, please do, I will, actually. I will. Please do, I will do that. That would be my little contribution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Set up a whole new account, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's not well. Do you know what um, the winter papers came about? A lot of them were my Facebook status. Ah. A lot. That's how. That's how I got into it because I had no problem going. Well, today I thought this, and, blah. and of course there was a date on it, and I went, "Oh my gosh, I these just are." Add them all together. <laughs> I'll add them all together, and people people are so negative about Facebook. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it has and I wonder. I wonder if there's a study done about what social media has done about getting people to type and to write. That's uh, more like to put their feelings on, mm. you know, their their, their it's little. A, it's a little diary for people. It is, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, I, that's what I use it for. Mm. Definitely. What was I up to this time last year? What was I up to last week? Um, yeah, so I'm doing that. I'm doing a, a, a few other, a few other bits and bobs of writing. I was never interested in before. It was something that my mother always wanted me to do. I hated English in school. I couldn't get it. Like so weird. I felt like it was mm. a, a different. Mm. <laughs> language um, <laughs> and I couldn't get it but occasionally I would sit down and write something and I go mm, this is this is nice but then I get lonely I need to go out and play with other people but I met a producer who said something very very clever to me and I went ah she she changed the idea of what writing is and she just basically what I would call creating she's like oh but that's writing and I'm like oh Oh I, oh, I write loads then. <laughs> and um, the optimum condition for me is like set up a camera in the corner of the room and let me mess about and then or put on put on a dictaphone or something and let me just ramble, 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 ramble mm. and, and stuff comes out. That's a, I, I found it very useful. So if anybody's listening, try that. That might help. And it's world building, isn't it? I mean, you're doing those. It is, yeah. It's what Lisa did with Dairy Girls, just yeah. creating this amazing world that yeah. we can all believe in. And and it's 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 you really are an architect, and that inter- that uh, rigor, that everything needs to be interrogated. The the, the walls of the house have to be strong, mm. and and that's that's how I approach acting, like it's an entirely new suit you're putting on. Mm. Um, so the stitches have to be good. God almighty, can you imagine how dreadful the writing is with the bad fecking metaphors like that? Oh, it's going to be great. I apologise. So listen, Siobhan, mm. thank you so much for coming in. It's been thank absolutely you. lovely to hear you. Um, 
And from all of us, we just, Sister Michael's just such an icon. She's <laughs> such a hero, isn't she? She's, I, I, I We all I want to be her. a bit yeah. of her. We do. Yeah. And the eye rolls. Oh. I mean, did you invent the eye rolls or were they in the actual directions? Uh, I, I think that could be a little bit of me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm quite impatient. I mean, you have launched a thousand memes, haven't you? It's unbelievable, <laughs> the amount. Like, there's one for everything. Even during the election, I was seeing oh her. Oh my gosh, there was, wasn't there? And it was interesting the way Dairy Girls has been used during the election and the way it's used in, and the way it's used in repeal. Like, it's, it's, I'm very proud to be part of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant, yeah. wonderful thing. And I'm sure there's many more wonderful things to come. And not just as a cup price, Sharon Horgan. <laughs> You're going to be your own Siobhan McSweeney and that's what it's going to be right up there with the, in the Marks and Spencers of, of uh, I, I think that's the right analogy <laughs> you're calling yourself Tesco or even Waitrose even that's Waitrose. quite posh it is it is okay. yeah. Siobhan McSweeney thank you very much thank you thank you very much and that's it thanks again to our guest Siobhan McSweeney uh, what a great woman she is and if you want to get in touch and tell us what you thought of Motherwell the book which is our next book club read we're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or email us on the Women's Podcast at IrishTimes.com. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.